Send in the clowns. Welcome to WT Fada. With John. And Ron! Today we're talking about the Joker. Yeah. We're talking about Joker. And, um... Whew! Uh, it's a it's a little bit of a uh, a downbeat episode of WT Fada. Not because the movie's not good, but no, the movie's good. Um, actually, I shouldn't use that word because good makes you know. I define good movies as when I leave. I'm like, yeah, I feel good about that. Yeah. When I left, I didn't feel good. No. It's traumatizing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like. <sighs> Yeah, I don't know. It's just a it's a tough one to swallow and I I didn't we didn't talk about this in the body of the show, but I also think like you know, part of the reason it's so downbeat is that like there's a I mean, we talked about the real world components of it, but mm-hmm. I also think that like there's there's a point that they're trying to make or that Arthur's trying to make and it's you know, maybe you you can see the frustration growing in society in general and stuff. And yeah. it's just, it's, it cuts close to the bone, this one. Yeah, definitely talking about this movie uh, brings us to other topics as well. And we kind of go off a bit. Yeah. It's one of those ones. <laughs> I feel like we're both sad. <laughs> it's just so fucking sad. <laughs> I've never seen it. I just want to have a good cry and get it all out. Yeah. This is the first time we've done like an episode that's felt this way. So I apologize, guys. We're trying to. We, we're uh, we're pretty. I think we're pretty empathetic people. So yeah. uh, putting us through that was uh, fucking difficult, you know. Um, but yeah, no, I I, I mean. We talk about kind of the real world stuff. Um, we talk about comparisons to Ledger's Joker, which are, it's impossible not to. Um, talk a little bit about cast, but not really much. Yeah. We kind of went off in a lot of different directions we on did. this one. Yeah. I think because we're, I think because it's, it's easier to talk about other things than talk about the movie. You know, mm-hmm. so, well, the movie kind of brings up a lot, you know, and I feel like it's I've, I didn't want to go off too far off the movie, but it it definitely brings up topics of conversation that just kind of naturally segued into these off, to- you know, these off topic conversations that aren't directly involved in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, we hope you enjoy it. Um, and let's uh, let's get into it. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. For my whole life, I didn't know if I even really existed. But I do. And people are starting to notice. When you bring me out, can you introduce me as Joker? R. All right. So, Joker. Wow. Wow. Holy fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I um I don't know. I feel I mean, I saw it I saw it on Thursday. That's when I saw it. I went Thursday night right after work. And um 
<sighs> I mean, it's not it's not without flaws, right? But like, if you were gonna do, I, I'm somebody that I sternly did not want an origin story for the Joker, ever. I, I don't like them. Um, no, why not? The Joker works better when you don't know why he got to where he got to. Mm -hmm. The joke, like, I remember there was a producer that talked about Heath Ledger's Joker in The Dark Knight, and the way that he described him was like, he was like, in his opinion, he felt almost like that character didn't exist until the camera was pointed at him. Mm -hmm. Like, until you see him facing away from the camera on the side of the street, that that Joker had never existed. It's like hell broke open and this fucking demon just popped up into existence, you know? And that's the Joker I like. I, I, for me, you lose something when you try to make him human. I mean, he's obviously human. He came from somewhere. But to me, the... Um, to me trying to like give him like a human motivation for his stuff always kind of like misses the mark um however this is a movie that very smartly leans into uh that the joker is an unreliable narrator uh, it's something that i think alan moore did first in the killing joke which was he tells you this big long story and you're like oh wow like we're getting like a flashback we're getting origin story to the joker you know and um but at the end of the book the joker's talking to batman about it and like he's he's kind of like reflecting on some of the things that he's just shown you the audience and when he does it he says uh He's, he literally says, like, sometimes I remember it one way, sometimes another. And there's a line that he says, if I'm, gonna have a, if I'm going to have a past, I want it to be multiple choice, or I prefer it to be multiple choice. That's the Joker that I love. I love this guy that, like, something snapped his mind, and he cannot put it together what it was. But they were smart in this movie because they played a lot with the fact that you don't know quite what to believe and what not to believe in yeah. regards to him you know yeah there were a few parts uh in the movie where it's it's feeling a bit too optimistic you know i mean these moments are very few and far in between but you know i, I kind of caught on pretty early that something was up i'm like this isn't no this is this has got to be something that's all in his head because mm -hmm. this like the the it's very subtle the, the change in tone you know it kind of gives you like uh you know maybe things are starting to go right but that's you know you kind of deep down know that it's just it's not going to happen that way yeah and i mean like I, they like very quickly did it with the live uh with murray franklin thing um mm -hmm. when he like sits down to watch it with his mom and then like it it's it switches over to and i mean you're at once like okay wait so we're seeing like maybe this is at a later date arthur is there in the audience or maybe this is a flashback when arthur was in the audience but like you start to realize just by the way that like things are happening that like no this is like this is like a complete fucking farce you yeah. know there's nothing real happening here and uh just about the time that you kind of put that together it's like oh okay they like roll you back into reality like it, it starts out subtly and then once you realize it 
it's just over the top, over the top, over the top for like a minute and a half. Yeah. And then it like goes back to reality with him just sitting there watching the show, you know. Um, so they like set him up. He's somebody that lives a lot of fantasy. He was a lot of like, like a fantasy existence a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. And then like, I don't know, there's something like this movie is like strangely beautiful in a weird way. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I've said about the Joker character before is like, you know that whatever made the Joker the Joker was not good. You know, you know it. Um, you don't wake up one day and decide that you're going to like fucking kill hundreds of people and laugh about it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you mm-hmm. don't, that's not how it happens. Yeah. There's a road that gets traveled. Um, but what always stood out to me with the Joker and why that character is so fascinating for me is that he was somebody that was being crushed under the weight of the existence that he was living, right? And he was able to find a way out. And I don't know, when you think about most adaptations of the Joker, I I feel like he's actually, I I feel like he's legitimately happy with himself. Like he's, he doesn't have any qualms about who he is. You know, he knows why he's here. He likes why he's here, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. And there's something about that. um, There's something about a guy finding himself and gaining happiness. It feels like a win. It, but it's a, in a really sick way. Yeah. You I, know? I got that same feeling. Because, like, this part of the movie where he starts to really get into the groove and, and kind of, like you said, find himself. And, and, and typically, for the main character of the movie, you're happy for him. And yeah. for a moment, you are here until you, you know, until you quickly snap back and you're like, <laughs> these are all the wrong reasons to feel happy. Yeah. And, you know, it's it, these this, this movie did a very good job about... Um, Making you feel conflicted. Oh yeah, yeah. Very, very conflicted. Very mixed emotions. Well, I mean, that—that's the Joker character, you know. Like that, he just. I'm a huge Batman fan. Uh, I've probably referenced Batman. We've done this is the fifth episode, and I think Batman's been involved in three of them in some way because of me. I think I've I've mentioned it. I'm, I've been really careful. I'm like trying to like hold back. <laughs> I don't turn anybody. This is going to be a Batman podcast uh, soon. We're gonna we're gonna change everything over to just Batman. Yeah, when we release the episode, we'll just change the title. Batman. Yeah, the Batman featuring the Joker. What the fuck is Batman talking about? That's what, what it'll be. Batman didn't have any lines in this movie. No, he like seriously. What did he? Did he they had like Bruce in it for a scene, and a he's couple, like, yeah. yeah. But I I don't remember. He might have said like a couple of small things, maybe. Did, did you know? Did I know that he was in it? That he was in it? Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. So I, when I saw him. I had suspicions, at least. I mean, I, I had suspicions that bordered on knowledge. Like it was like as soon as I saw that fucking kid in the trailers and Joaquin Phoenix like sticking his fucking thumbs in his mouth and making him smile and yeah. like that whole thing. I was like, that's Bruce. I had it pegged wrong, though in some ways because i honestly thought that they were going back to the tim burton joker story where the joker actually is the one that had killed bruce's parents i thought that's where we were heading i had that feeling too yeah yeah and i um 
I honestly thought that when Joaquin Phoenix is seeing young Bruce, I thought it was either at or around the time of Thomas and Martha's funeral. I thought that like he had killed the two of them and maybe he got, uh, maybe something happened that he had to flee the scene, but he had planned on killing all three. And I thought that him interacting with Bruce in the trailers was him like coming back, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, you didn't cause enough harm. You took this kid's parents away and now you're going to yeah. kill the kid, you know? Uh, so I, I had the order of events a little bit wrong. Um, but yeah, like that was, uh, it was cool to see that. Yeah. I, um, you know, I kind of had this, the, when I think about his parents getting murdered, um, I kind of have like the same attitude that I do about, uh, Peter Parker's grandparents getting murdered. I'm sick of it. You know, you see it, all these new movies coming out. It's like, we know what happens, you know, we don't need to see it, but this one I was okay with. Uh, it was always cool to see a major event in one major character storyline seen from the other side. Yeah. So yeah. I, you know, it had that that iconic moment where he shoots, uh, shoots his mom, rips the gun back, the pearls, mm-hmm. bust out in, you know, all different directions. Yeah. So it... I heard somebody on YouTube uh, complaining about... I guess the way that you make a pearl necklace is the pearls are tied on to the string individually. Mm-hmm. So that entire thing is complete bullshit. <laughs> like if you ripped somebody's pearl necklace off, it would just snap and it would just be a string of pearls. Oh, yeah. It, they wouldn't fall. You know, <laughs> it's like, well, way to take the drama out of the moment. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, Jesus, that's what you're yeah, focusing tricks, on. Man. That's what you're fucking it's focused on. But um, I'm sure that if I knew how to make a fucking real pearl necklace that I would... <laughs> Sorry, I had that a feeling this would... is where that was going. <laughs> I was like, I'm sure if I knew time. how to make a real one, I'd be annoyed by that too. Um, <laughs> fucking Christ! Sorry. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's just like this is. I'm glad that we kind of like just jumped in, but I honestly like I don't really know how to talk about this movie right now. Yeah, well, I didn't know where to start. I mean, it's just... It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, I think, like, one of the things that I've read a lot in... um, One of the things that I've read a lot in, like, reviews is people saying that it's, like, immature. Mm -hmm. And um, there's obviously, like, a huge boatload of controversy about it. There's a fucking army. Did you hear about the army warning? No. They issued a warning to, like, service members that, like, hey, be vigilant because we're getting threats online and stuff. And it sounds like somebody's going to do, like, another Aurora-style shooting or whatever. I'm, like, fucking thrilled that that did not happen. Like, that's great that people were able to, like, behave. And we were, you know, nobody that wanted to see the movie as bad as I did got fucking killed over it. Because that was one of the things, like, The Dark Knight Rises, that whole situation pissed me off, like, mm-hmm. in a big way. Mm-hmm. Because those people were at a midnight show. Yeah. They had been waiting for, I mean, really, since the end of The Dark Knight, they had been waiting for the sequel, you know. And they finally got to go, and, like, some asshole had to decide that they deserved to be shot, you know. It's, yeah. like, it's shitty to have, like... You have great characters and great stories that you that mean a lot to you, 
and we live in a society where like you know you can get killed for anything yeah. you know you go to church you go to the mall you know you go to fucking school you exist yeah you go to you the just, movies you get shot yeah. you know well it's I'm just crazy be, i'm gonna be honest here um the reason i didn't go see it last night is just out of fear that something like that might happen yeah and um i know it might be a little silly you know um that's why I you know that's why I saw it this morning. I was like, I, I, if I'm gonna go see it on a Friday, I want to go to an early show. Um, you just mm. never know, man. And I've yeah. heard the, I've heard that warning that you're talking about, and I don't want to sit through this movie and not be able to pay attention and enjoy it because I'm always looking over my shoulder. Even though this morning, honestly, it, it did. It was always it's always it's been in the back of my mind since this stuff started happening. Oh you know? yeah, going anywhere, not yeah. just the movies, and you know, it's very 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 unfortunate that that's the case. Mm-hmm. It's a it's it's a dark time, but I don't want that to prevent people from going out and enjoying things. No, so. no, you can't let it. I mean, my thing is like, <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe if the situation arose, I would feel differently. But like, I just am like, all right, well, fuck it. You know, like I'm going to go. I'm seeing it Thursday preview night. You know, if somebody comes in and like starts blasting it's like all right well we'll see maybe yeah. i'll maybe i'll get out of the theater or maybe i'll die here watching joker it's fine i don't give a <laughs> shit you know yeah. <laughs> like i just i just i i can't think about it yeah. too much because it's just not well, yeah it's, it's like that you know it. it's it's you don't want that stuff to prevent you from just going out and enjoying things so it's like you kind of almost no. have to have that kind of attitude it's like if it happens you know it's it's the same thing with like it's not gonna you're not gonna let it beat you it's the same thing with aids like i'm not wearing a condom i don't care um <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> Sorry. um uh, yeah i but yeah no one of the things that i saw in a lot of reviews was this idea that it's like immature and like it's not I don't know how to describe this, that it's this like, I think what they were getting at is that like, there's, it's very, the reasons for Arthur's descent into madness are like really shallow and like, they don't, they like, they don't have like a lot of depth to them in some ways Mm -hmm. or subtlety to them in some ways. But I'm also like, Going out and blowing away strangers because, you know, the girl you like ignored you or, you know, you made a mistake and got fired from your job or something like that's not that's not mature anyways. Yeah. So like you can't be like, well, the movie's immature and not take into account that like Arthur's motivations for turning into a fucking psychopath they're they they're not mature like that's obvious and i think the issue arose long before all these things happened now yeah you know it's i mean he was on that path yeah he was on that path anyway when they uh get back into his childhood when he finds out that he was adopted Mm -hmm. and he finds out that his mother was she's arrested right or was she put into um put into a mental hospital yeah she, she was definitely put into a mental hospital yeah and she was, I think she was charged with, like, yeah. uh, neglect, neglect or something. Yeah, for letting yeah. her boyfriend at the time abuse both of them. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but that's, was, like, a tough spot to be in. Yeah. Like, you're getting knocked around by this dude anyways. Like, what are yeah. you 
what do you do? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, my, my point was that, like, he had issues long before these little things. Yeah. You know, and when you string them all together and the guy's clearly not right in the head from the start. I yeah. mean, I don't know if they were looking for justification for the things that he did, but then there's never going to be one. No, and I think that's the whole – that, like – I have two things about that. Like that ties into why I don't want the Joker to have an origin because no explanation is sufficient. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't interest me. Um, But also that I think uh, like, I think that there are, Remember we talked about simulation theory yeah. a little while ago? I think that, like, there's a system of checks and balances in the universe, right? And I, I think that some people are supposed to be who they are, you know? Like, we we want to eliminate criminality. We want to eliminate terrible things from happening. But I also think that, like, there are some people that it doesn't... There's not a choice. It There's not a choice. There's something wrong with Arthur because Arthur is somebody who, like, when, like, I heard Todd Phillips, the director, who's talking about different direction that he gave Joaquin Phoenix. And one of the things he said was that uh, Arthur is somebody who has music in him. And the way that it plays in the movie is like, that doesn't get exposed until he's killed people. As soon as he kills people, it's like all of a sudden he's alive, you know? Well, yeah, you start to see it when he gets a a taste of power, you know, when he has the gun Mm -hmm. and he's in his apartment, his mom's bed, and that's when he starts to kind of... That's the first time. Hey, Arthur, you're a good dancer. Yeah. He's not... Bam! Shoots a hole in his wall by accident. Yeah. Yeah. And you start to see it there that he starts to kind of feel like for the first time he feels like he has some sort of leverage, some mm-hmm. sort of control yeah. over everything that's making him unhappy. Yeah. And it was I, I found funny about that scene was uh, he turns up the TV and he hears mom yell. She's like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm watching a war movie. Whatever. Remind <laughs> me of that scene from Step Brothers when they're building the, the bunk bed. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I said no power tools. No, that's, it's my toothbrush. That is. Ah, that's how you toothbrush. I just... Yeah, actually, those those two scenes seem very similar to me. My my favorite thing about like, like, that's hilarious. And then the other thing that I thought was funny is like, he turns up the TV and it's like smooth jazz and people (laughs) dancing. So there's like one gunshot. He turns it up. She's like, what's going on? And he's like, I'm watching a war movie. And you can just hear like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's just really weird. (laughs) But yeah, like there was a lot of, um, but yeah, I think like, uh, I think that his character, like that that idea, that I mean, he is what he is. That, like, it almost. I'm not advocating that, like, well, you know, criminals are like they're supposed to be here. Like, killers are supposed to be here. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that, like, there are some people that, like. If you believe in simulation theory, you know, you believe in that type of stuff. It's like maybe maybe there are some people that are supposed to serve particular functions in this program, you know, and like for whatever reason, that's Arthur's programming. That's what that's what makes him feel alive. That's like 
I remember because I watched like a lot of different like YouTube reviews about things and a lot of like trailer reactions and breakdowns and stuff. And like, I remember somebody saying it and the like, it might've been, um, might've been Greg Alba on uh, the real rejects channel on YouTube, but he was talking about it. And he was like, he was like, it feels like this is the story about a guy that like, doesn't know who he is and then finds himself through becoming a homicidal maniac. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, like that's, that's what it is. And that's like what Arthur's supposed to be. And that's why that music comes through him when, you know, you know, he gets the gun and for the first time he has like that power and control thing. And then also like the subway killings. Yes. Directly after that. Immediately after he runs to a bathroom in the middle of a park at night and like as soon as he closes the door and locks it, they like do that shot of his feet and you see like the one foot slide up and over the other. Yeah. And then it's like this really slow, like interpretive dance. It's like he's being born. Yes. You know? Yes. And uh like I don't it's puzzling, like I because I like I don't know if I don't know, like, I feel like the thought that I have is dangerous. Like, the idea that, like, well, there are some people that are, like, that's kind of what they were here for, mm -hmm. you know? Because it also, it, like, it's terrible when you think about, like, victims in that way, too. It's like, were they there for that? Like, that that's yeah. fucked up, mm -hmm. you know? But I, I feel like what... <sighs> I don't know. There's a There's a feeling that you get when you see the Joker in the comics when you see the joker in the movies and in this movie but it's like part of the reason that you can qualify like i've heard people say that this movie is like darkly beautiful mm -hmm. you know and i i tend to agree but i, I think yeah. part of the reason that it's darkly beautiful is because you're seeing somebody embrace who they are with disregard to how society views them mm -hmm. you know what i mean so it's almost admirable but it's just the approach is fucking horrible yeah you know what i mean and you wish that there was like some other way for him to be able to dance uh <laughs> yeah, yeah you know like maybe like, take a class you know <laughs> buy a puppy yeah something you know Kitten. something yeah um no, it's a scary thought that some people are just inherently evil yeah. and that are just meant to be evil. You know, I I don't like to think that that's the case, but, you know, like you said, I mean, at least in this movie, in this Joker universe, that's just who he is. And it, it kind of brings up the question. It's like, was he made into that with like how all the events that happened to him when he was younger or was that going to happen regardless? Well, you know, it's, or were these things that were the catalyst in bringing that, you know, bringing that side of him out, the true inner self. Yeah. It's, it's weird because like, I know, I know a lot about serial killers. I, I've, I think I've talked about that. Um, but like, you know, a lot of those guys you look at and you're like, okay, I can track the reasons why you'd be pissed off, you know? But there are ones that it's like, I don't know what, I don't know what happened. Mm -hmm. and I don't know why. It's like Ted Bundy. 
Like Ted Bundy, you can go back through his past and it's like he didn't have a bad life. There's really no reason for him to arrive at where he arrives. Yeah. But he arrives there nonetheless. And then you wonder if are those traits innate? You know what I mean? Because I've like, I don't know. I've always talked about like, I've always talked about like the function that men have served historically, you know, through generations and stuff. It's like we, we hunted and we passed on genetics. Those are like the two things. And I feel like when like we stopped needing to hunt, passing on genetics got darker. You know what I mean? I don't know how to explain this. It kind of absorbed one of those, that other main function. Because like you go back in history and like, remember when like guys used to woo women and like, (laughs) it was all like really like, um, soft and gentle, you know, sounding and stuff. But like the terminology around like relationships between men and women have gotten like, they were kind of dark. Mm-hmm. Like if like even to the point of like when a guy is like popular with women, he's a lady killer. You know, have you heard that one? Lady killer. Yeah, not uh, not often. It's not like one that's like I've it st- stands out, but I've yeah. heard the term before. But it's yeah. just weird. Like uh, or on the prowl, mm-hmm. you know, like all, all these different things where it's like I don't know like why that happened, but like I feel like guys like Bundy are the like complete malfunction of of those two things Mm -hmm. you know and um again i go back through his history and i don't have a i don't i can't point to anything in particular i can almost say the same thing about jeffrey dahmer but like he had parents that were in the middle of falling out of love and getting divorced and he had been drinking nonstop since he was in early high school and it's like those things will influence your decision making, mm-hmm. you know. So, I guess I could see that, but it's um, it's something that's like scary to consider. But the the idea that maybe people do serve functions that there's checks and balances to the space that we occupy, yeah, you know, um, it's just it's like the old like the shadow thing or it's like what who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men you know mm-hmm. it's that type of thing it's sobering i don't know yeah. it's sobering that like i feel like in this time period a character like arthur is uh is just more and more likely you know yeah i was gonna say this movie was it was raw it was real, and they put like a, you know, you have a character like the Joker, you know, who is a character, and they tried to make his this origin story as realistic as possible, and I think they did an amazing job at that, mm. you know, at least the, to the best of their ability to to make a character who is that fucked up. Yeah, I mean, he, I think like. They did things like a little bit different than I would with his character just because like one of the things that Todd Phillips had talked about was that he he wrote that with Scott Silver, I believe. Scott Scott Silver. Um and they talked about how they like they kind of cherry picked and pulled from the comics, but they really weren't terribly concerned about them. Yeah. And I 
I understand that approach and I, I guess I respect that approach, but I also do kind of feel like, and it, I don't know how, how you could do this movie and not deal with, which I, I keep going back to it, but I just, the Joker having an origin is just weird mm -hmm. for me. Um, and I think that, trying to apply some type of human motive to why he does what he does mm -hmm. gets dicey for the character for the movie. I thought it was like fascinating what they were doing yeah. because <clears throat> I mean, I'm I've had my like fair share of like mental health related problems, you know? And like if I said that I didn't have some, if I didn't have some connection to what he was saying, like in particular on the Murray Franklin show, some of the things that he said there were like, wow, that like, I've thought that before, you know? And, uh, the difference is I didn't fucking like blow anybody's brains out because I was <laughs> mad at the way I was being treated, you know, because mm -hmm. in general, I'm, uh, I'm not a bad person. Um, well, in his, in his notebook is like his joke book slash journal. He, yeah. He has a line that says, what is it? It says, um, the funny thing about having mental health issues is that everybody expects you to behave like you don't. Something along yeah, those lines. Yeah. yeah, which is a really tricky phrase because I like that it says, like, everybody expects you to behave like you don't. And it's like, oh, it means, like, like you don't have mental health issues, mm -hmm. right? But then it's also, like, everybody expects you to behave like you don't. So, like, you could also look at it, like, like you can cut off the first part and just say that like expect you to behave like you don't behave it's like a funny way that it's phrased yeah because it almost feels like it could mean like two different things yeah um but yeah no i, I like that stuff I, I i like what the film was doing because it was sort of like let's let's look at somebody that's like struggling with a lot of problems and try to show like the frustration that is arising because they just can't fit you know they just don't fit mm -hmm. and um that like some of the things that he said on the murray franklin show uh were they really like they really meant something to me um and when I've been at my worst, I've had, I've, I've had those thoughts, like the thought about like feeling like people would like step over you if you were dying on the street, like they wouldn't give a shit, mm -hmm. you know, um, the feeling like society is like treating you like trash and stuff, but it's like, you have to be able to like you have to be able to like slow down and try to get out of your head and get away from everybody has this voice inside of them that's like this huge critic that's just tearing holes in, in you you know and it's like you need to be able to like hear that voice and be like dude shut up just leave me alone you know and be able to like walk away from it and uh, arthur can't you know arthur's yeah. like locked into the voice is right and that voice is 
like ultimately it's the voice of the joker it's the voice of you know evil and doubt and apathy and you know hatred you know um so i thought it was like i i feel like what they were trying to do was uh super interesting and tragic very sad you know um but I'm calling it. I, I think Joker is the feel-good movie of 2019. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> they should have released it at Christmas. Uh, Jeez. <laughs> you know, I I was expecting something dark and twisted, and mm. but I wasn't expecting this. Mm-hmm. It, it felt all too real and a little bit more than I was comfortable with. <clears throat> yeah. You know, it was... A, some points it was kind of hard to watch Um, yeah but you know it's a movie and i think what they were trying to do they did successfully they i think they wanted to make you feel like you were in gotham like they right right from the start you you hear the news and they're talking about the whole city's just going to hell super rats you kind of feel like you're sitting in a city, yeah, with super rats. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> in, in, a, in a city that's just like a dump. Like, everything's just disgusting. Everybody, Everybody's just rude. Mm. They don't give a fuck. Yeah. And it's the, the overall feeling is just gloom. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to, like... I, I, I like movies that, like, you go, you go, oh, I'm going to go see a movie, you know? You got your fucking popcorn, your little soda. Maybe yeah. some candy. Mm-hmm. You go and you sit down. You watch a bunch of fucking bullshit. Maria Menounos is up on the thing. And she's <laughs> like, yeah, thank you for watching Newbie. You know? Yeah. All this shit. Like, everybody's happy and stuff. And then, like, this director just, like, <laughs> wantonly takes a shit in your mouth. You know? <laughs> like... <laughs> i fucking love it i like movies that like i sit down for and i'm just like whoa i just feel like i got brutalized like i just got beat with like the butt of a gun for like two and a half hours like i like that feeling because i like i like things that are dangerous i like things that feel dangerous and uh this movie feels fucking dangerous like yeah because i I was thinking about i'm like you know i i very much enjoyed the movie for what it was. I think it was very well done. And I was thinking of the right word to describe it. And I was like, oh, it's a good movie. But it, the way I describe good movies is that when I leave the movie theater, I feel good. When I left <laughs> yeah. this movie theater, I didn't feel all no. that great. But at the same time, I still enjoyed the movie. Even you know, <laughs> the, the, the things I look for in a movie is how well they draw me in, how much they make me care about the characters mm. and make me care about everything else is going on and this movie drew me in right away and it kept me in mm-hmm. and to me that is a, a success for a movie and that's for what sure. i that's the kind of things that i look for that that have like a huge impact on how i feel and this movie mm-hmm. just fucking blew me away man yeah i mean i uh I think like even just like <laughs> it's like it's not intentional i'm this is the best part of my week I love doing these shows. It's like my favorite thing right now. It is fun um, to talk shit. It's so fun. <laughs> but like even just the like the trepidation with which we're talking about this stuff and the stuff that we're having to talk about as a result of seeing this movie, mm-hmm. like we're fucking traumatized. Yeah, like we yeah. fucking sat down for two hours and we got fucking beat, you know? Yeah. Like I've been like I've been thinking about it since I saw it, you know? 
And I mean, I definitely like I. It's one of those movies that like you have to be in a particular mood for. I think like you don't. Mm. This isn't like one of those ones that's like, huh? What am I gonna do on my day off? You know? Yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> like, about I'm that never too. gonna fucking see that <laughs> on a good you know, day. You go to the movie, you watch a movie like Guardians of the Galaxy, and you're like, ah, I can't wait for this to come out. Yeah. You know, on fucking Netflix or on DVD, yeah. I'm gonna buy it. And I have it on like, my phone. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna <laughs> go out and get this movie again because I don't know if I want to sit down to watch another movie to watch this movie again that makes me feel that uncomfortable and that's sad like there's not i mean there are some moments some subtle moments that kind of add some comedic relief in this film (laughs) and but it's like it's it's Uh, things that aren't that funny no there's one thing that i i fucking i i was dying though was was the the miniature uh, golf joke oh that was funny i i I did like that one or was it the the one where he tries to unlock the door yeah, that was great. Uh, but there was one thing that was just legitimately funny. There was nobody being hurt as a result of it, except mm-hmm. maybe Arthur's ego. But when the cops were like, is that a real condition? And he was like, what do you think? And then he turns around and he walks <laughs> fucking flat into that plate glass window. <laughs> I was fucking dying. It was so good. Yeah, I like characters getting undercut, especially yeah. when they're being like smug. Mm-hmm. And that was like the perfect moment to be like, hey, hey, watch yourself. You yeah. know, uh, yeah. that was that was fucking great. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's a, it is a, it's a harsh, harsh movie, Mm -hmm. you know, but I think it's like, it's a cruel movie in a cruel world, you know, like it, it feels like, you know, for me, like I, I'm a huge comic book person. Mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm a huge Batman person. And like those characters, they're, 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 like greek gods were there for you know the ancient greeks it's like they're they're like signposts about human behavior and understanding human behavior so in this age of you know rampant domestic terrorism uh it makes sense that the joker would switch into this mode where it's like like Keith Ledger's Joker was a he was a terrorist you know what I mean Mm -hmm. uh but in the way that like like almost an I don't know it wasn't the same thing really like the Joker's plans in the Dark Knight were much more they were bigger. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Joaquin's Joker is much more like grassroots, homegrown terror, you know? And I think, like, it makes sense for that character to, like, slide over into that space because, like I said, those characters are supposed to be, like, reflections of, of the times. You know, that's why they update. That's why writers come in and they have, like, new takes on it. And that's why this Joker kind of goes more that route and when it gets a little bit less um bombastic like heath ledger's joker was a joker that like had a budget you know what i mean yeah. like he the fucking shot of like the fire engine that's on fire it's like see like nobody can help you you know what i mean mm-hmm. all the like that joker had um he had a huge 
uh, I don't know what the word is, like a grander, you know what I mean, yeah. to his acts and stuff. Whereas well, this one, he's definitely a little bit more focused, you know. Most of the things that you see as far as like the city being like fucked up because of him are just other people being inspired by his craziness, not yeah. him himself being in charge of anything like blowing up a hospital or threatening to blow up a ferry. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like this Joker seems like his threat is more, um, more in the realm of like Phyllis. Well, not Phyllis. I don't know because Heath Ledger's Joker was philosophical, but like, I think he was philosophical, like one-on-one, -on -one, I guess. Yeah. This one feels like he represents like a threat he's an, like an idea threat like now you've planted the seed which is the whole reason why people were all nervous about what could happen as a result of this movie being released you know mm -hmm. why people have been saying that it's a dangerous movie because mm -hmm. it's like you know you might inspire somebody to to feel the same way you know yeah she's just crazy it's a fucking crazy world living in i agree with that 100 <laughs> percent. but back uh to what you were saying about heath ledger's joker he was a more you know he was more developed joker you know mm -hmm. and it's, I mean, to me it's this this joker in this movie he was like you know serial killers they start out animals small animals they <clears throat> start there and then they go bigger and bigger and bigger yeah you know and he has his his moments here where he has these individual murders that he commits and then by the end of it he inspired you know not he didn't mean to do this that wasn't his intention but he's happy that it happened where you have this city now that's pretty much being burnt down and riots are starting everywhere and he's getting a taste of what the bigger picture looks like and he likes it so i feel like that kind of that's going to set him on a path right maybe to start going for bigger fish yeah you know yeah I mean, that's like, that's a, uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Because like, he, he's growing more that, powerful. Yeah. His influence, you know, he's going to have the, the resources now to, to do the things that Heath, Leathers, Heath, Heath Ledger's Joker, you know, started to do. I feel like we kind of caught, like you said, he didn't really have an origin story. He was already a developed character. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, it's crazy too because... When I talk about comics, like people don't understand. People people just don't get it. It's that you have to think about it like this, okay? Like a novelist, right, writes a novel. <clears throat> when was the last novel that he finished? Like was it five years ago, maybe? You know? So like he's had five years from the time that he's publishing this new thing to develop all these characters that populate the world that he's creating, right? Mm-hmm. Comic books are not done by a single person. They're done by multiple people across multiple titles. And this has been going on for 80 years. All right. So when you get to the modern era and you start looking at modern comics, and particularly Batman, because Batman's a psychodrama, it's about the reason that people do what they do, you know. Um, you have to understand that this these characters mindsets have been crafted by hundreds if not maybe thousands 
of very intelligent writers and artists that have contributed to what this thing is. Mm -hmm. So the Joker as a character, like he's, he's a well-oiled machine. They fine tuned him to a place that like, it's difficult to fuck him up unless you're directing Suicide Squad, which is not, (laughs) I, I love David Ayer. And I know that like largely that was studio stuff. So, uh, Anyway, I just want to apologize if you're a salamander and you were offended by the fact that I was picking on David Ayer. I'm sorry that you're a salamander. Um, and you're boring as fuck. Yeah, just shut up. Just stop. Like, don't don't listen to us. Um, but yeah, no, I, I the thing the thing with the Joker character is because he's been around so long, he's so provocative and charismatic and the reason that he does what he does is so well thought out that it's hard to deny him his point you know like i feel like the joker is one of those characters that you hate to agree with but you can see some logic in there Mm -hmm. you can understand why he feels the way he does he holds a big fat mirror up to society and he's like this is what you look like, you know, you like it, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost like if he like applied himself slightly differently, he could change the world for the better. Yeah. But he's like not that, interested in doing that, that thin line there that if you just shift all that negative energy to positive energy, it's like it's like that same idea of thinking you're just taking this path that just is completely wrong. Yeah, you know, it's not making anything better no No. well i listen to like like i've been kind of diving into the joker over like the last week getting ready for this and just thinking about his character a lot because of the movie and everything and like i listen to um see this is the point in the show where everybody's gonna go like oh my god he's alt-right which is like so fucking far from the truth (laughs) i like jordan peterson so fucking come at me um jordan peterson's really really smart and uh you know he's obviously like an embattled figure in the public eye because of some of his opinions on things um i'm not going to say that i agree with all of them but i definitely understand like his points you know um but peterson actually like was legitimately talking about batman and the joker and I was like, holy shit, is this for me? You know, <laughs> it was fucking great. And uh, I loved what he said about the Joker. He was like, he was talking about how, <laughs> he was talking about how like the the moment in, because he was talking specifically about the Dark Knight, but he was talking about the moment where he burns the money, all the mob's money. And uh he was saying that that's like such a crucial moment because it it really gets to the bottom of what the Joker is. And he was saying that like a like somebody like earns a living and they buy a nice car. Well, the criminal wants the car too. The criminal gets the car too, right? So it's like they both want the same things. It's just they go about doing it in a different way, but they're still in the same value structure. Yeah. The Joker is completely outside of that value structure. He didn't give a fuck about nothing like 
and, and what Jordan Peterson said is like, this is somebody that he doesn't, he just wants everything to be worse than it is, you know, everything worse than it is that he worships suffering for the sake of suffering, you know, like mm-hmm. that's, that's who he is. And, um, the guy he was talking to, I don't know who it was, but was talking about him and, and the devil and how the Joker is almost like a purer, he's a purer evil than the devil himself (laughs) which is fucking crazy but what he was saying is like the devil wants power it's the same thing that presumably or at least the thing that god has right yeah so like he's in that same value structure but the joker does like the joker power maybe he wants it but no that's not really what it is if he gains power on the way then that's fine but ultimately like the joker's a, a loose cannon he doesn't he doesn't have He's after something different, mm-hmm. you know, and he's after he's after corruption of soul or even like I always like the version of the Joker where he's after some validation because it's like, you know, you all think that you're like that. You're, you all think that you're not like me, you know, but you are, you know, and he wants to show you that you're like two steps away. Yeah, two steps away from being just like me, and it almost feels like he knows what he's doing is wrong, and that he's trying to justify himself. You know, it's a lot of like complex little things. Yeah, in that character, mm-hmm. you know. And again, eighty years of character development will fucking do that to you. You yeah. know, it's like fascinating shit, though. Well, I mentioned earlier the scene about you know, <laughs> were you talking about one of the things that made you laugh? And I mentioned that you know the guy going up to try and grab the lock. <laughs> that scene. You know, that kind of relates to what you were just talking about because, you know, they, they come in, they have the bottle of alcohol of some sort, they hear that his mom's mm. dead and, you know, you have the guy that gave him the gun and then kind of blamed it on him to save face when yeah. he got caught with the gun. Yeah. And the Joker grabs the scissors out of his pocket, stabs him, brings him down. You know, pretty gory scene. I won't really get into yeah, it. Yeah, it's pretty But intense. he murders this guy and then just lays down and... You know, the other guy's in the corner, like, terrified. And he's just like, you ever heard of the uh, uh, the Murray show? Franklin Murray show? And he's like, you know, it's just like, it, it, he just, I don't know, man. Like, he just murdered someone in cold blood and just sits and just like, yeah, you know, no big deal. Doesn't matter. And there's someone else right there who witnessed it and Fuck. who he has no desire to kill. No. And, like, it, you kind of, like, feel like he might do it. He's like, oh, you can go. I he thought he was going to. I thought he was going to, too. And then yeah. he, like, he walks by and he like, scares oh. him. He laughs about it. <laughs> so you, you have this scene yeah. where someone's brutally murdered and you have a lot of other components going on. It's like, <sighs> I kind of want to laugh at this part, but like this is a very serious moment. Yeah. And then he tried, you know, obviously he's, what, four foot nine? Four, four foot nine. Yeah. You know, and he tries to get the lock at the top of the door and he can't get it. So he has to ask him. Mm-hmm. To yeah. unlock the door for him. Yeah. And then I'm like, maybe this is where he'll kill him. You know? Yeah. Because he opens the door and then he closes it for a second. Yeah. And ultimately, and then that's when he says, you were the only person that was ever nice to me. And he lets him go. Kind of reminded me of like the Dane Cook joke about, what is it, like Snickers bars or something? Like you're always bringing Snickers bar to the, uh, <laughs> he always bringing in Snickers bar to the weird guy at the office. Oh, yeah. So yeah, that yeah. when he finally does snap, he's like, hey, man. Thanks for the Snickers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just yeah. continues on his way. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of reminded me of that. But I mean, like, that that's like classic Joker, too. Like, Joker's an odd, like... 
he's a weird kind of like moral figure in a strange way. He has rules. He has he has things that he values, you know. And I don't know it's hard to hard to explain, but like his affinity for Batman, like why he likes Batman so much is because like he's somebody like him, you know. Somebody that doesn't like compromise his position, mm-hmm. you know. He likes to try to get him to do it, you know. But ultimately, like, there's a there's this almost like love that the Joker has for Batman, and I feel like you find that in other like small ways in the comics and in the various adaptations of them. But like, there are certain people that are almost safe from the Joker because they're. <clears throat> I don't know how to explain this. I think there are people that the Joker genuinely respects, you know? It doesn't mean he's not going to fuck with them. Yeah. You know? But I remember Denny O'Neill talking about him, and, like, Denny O'Neill was, like, a big-time... I mean, he still is writing comics and stuff. God bless him. He's, like... He's getting up there. He's, like, in his 80s or 90s. But um, he talked about the Joker, and he said, you don't know what you're going to get with him. Like, he might... He might kill you. Or he might hand you a hundred dollar bill. He'll probably kill you, but he might hand you a hundred dollar bill. You just don't know, because the Joker's operating in a different space than everybody else. Like there's something in certain people that he allows them to pass, and I think like that was a cool moment in this movie because I think that's something that we don't see too much in the adaptations. Mm-hmm. Normally, like the Joker's just a fucking maniac. You yeah. know what I mean? I remember. There's so many, like, great quotes about the different versions of the Joker. And, um, obviously, like, it's hard to not bring up Heath. Because Heath is just, like, he cast such a fucking fucking huge shadow uh, when he did that part. But, like, um, somebody talking about him said that he was, like, the shark from Jaws. That he just, like, kind of slashes his way, his way through, like, the celluloid of that movie, you know. And um, that's how the Joker's generally been portrayed i kind of like the fact that this one you got like that little bit of subtlety where it was like oh that was weird that he didn't kill that guy it was strange Mm -hmm. you know but um it's not wholly out of character for him you know Mm -hmm. um this ad brought to you by capitalism We are also brought to you, as always, by ron-iii-art.redbubble.com. If you love the show and you want to show your support, head on over there and check out the WT Fada collection. All right? We got stickers, we got notebooks, t-shirts, shower curtains, bath mats... Travel mugs? Regular mugs? Dresses? Motherfucking socks? Yeah. We got it all over there. Um, put out a bunch of different designs related to the show, and also a uh, Bob Lazar Space Pimp uh, design uh, related to content from the show, which uh, I'm pretty happy about. I think it's pretty cool. It has Bob Lazar... 
uh, piloting a UFO that is uh, definitely not just a gigantic pimpat. Um, you guys, go check it out, see what you think, and uh, hey, if you like anything, go ahead and uh, pick it up. And if you do, uh, post about it on Instagram and tag us. I'd love to see uh, what you guys get and, uh, you know, what you do with it. So, take care. But, um, what did you think about that? Like, how do you feel about Joaquin Phoenix's Joker in comparison to the other versions of him? To me, this didn't feel like a Joker movie. Yeah, kind of weird, right? Yeah. I kind of got that feeling, too. It, it seemed like, cause, um, you know, when you watch the other ones, they all kind of relate to each other. Like, they're very, you know, very uniquely different, but it's still the Joker. Right. This one, this just was like about a story about a guy who went through what he went through and, you know, put on some face paint and just went around and started like wreaking havoc didn't it didn't feel like it was like a dc movie you know it didn't feel like it was a part of that universe in any way no and like i've i even heard like some reviewers saying that they felt like they felt like the references to batman gotham thomas wayne that like they were threatening to pull them out of the movie and i'm like well the fucking movie's called joker like the movie is about Joker, mm-hmm. so like it was it was really an odd criticism to me. Where it's like yeah. I don't understand why that's why that's surprising to people that they're bringing it up. Um, but yeah, no, I totally agree with you. It felt like if you didn't market this movie as the Joker, it would have been a fucking it could have been a mind fuck movie. Yeah, where you're I, watching it and you're like, wow, this is like a weird movie about a disturbed loner. And then yeah. all of a sudden it's like, wait a second, he's the fucking Joker? Yeah. You know? And had that been the case, it wouldn't have occurred to me that this was a Joker movie until you find you, until you meet Bruce Wayne. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And well, obviously then you hear like Gotham City and this Yeah, and that, but, but you could have without that stuff, you, you know, could have danced things. around that stuff. Yeah. Like you didn't have to Mm-hmm. name the city yeah i mean i think like the thomas wayne stuff would be a tip-off but i also like i don't know like i remember going to see while we're talking about i mean i don't know it's hard to talk about the joker now without talking about Heath. it's just fucking weird um but like you know i remember seeing the dark knight and like literally people in the crowd like, I'm a comic book fan. I know what's going on. I know exactly where where these characters are heading. But I remember when Harvey got burned and he was in the hospital and they had the bandages on one side of his face. And I could hear people going like, wait a second, is he, is he Two-Face? And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, his name's <laughs> Harvey fucking Dent. Like, yes, he's Two-Face, you know? But, like, people, that's not common knowledge. Yeah. So, like, even if you did bring up Thomas Wayne... I would be sitting in the theater being like, that's fucking weird. They're using the name of the guy from the Batman stories. Uh, And I might start figuring it out, but general audiences would probably be fucking surprised if you didn't tell them that this was Joker. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've watched a lot of the Batman movies and uh, 
his father's first name didn't stick in my head. I didn't know what it was. Right. So when I saw Thomas Wayne, it was the last name that stuck out to me. Yeah. And that's I was like, oh, so he's involved in this movie too. Yeah. And then, you know, I don't know a lot about all this backstory. So when he saw the note, the letter that his mom kept sending to him about him potentially being his child, I was like, whoa. Yeah. I was like, are Batman and Joker brothers at least in this one like are they gonna make them into you know yeah. brothers and i was gonna ask you about it because i know you have a lot more you know extensive knowledge about man and the joker and all this stuff but my, my favorite backstory for the joker is the one that i choose to do which is <clears throat> there's space in that story there there's like a story i forget what it was from it's like from the 60s or 70s or something it's like one page they mention it that bruce wayne has a fucking brother like, it's in the comics. He had a brother, and he got hit by a car. And he was he survived it, but he had extensive brain damage. They bring it up, and they drop it. It never comes back up again. Nobody talks about it. But that little bit of trivia is enough wiggle room to say, <clears throat> maybe maybe this guy's... Maybe, maybe Bruce's brother's, like, five years older than him, right? So then you're like, okay, there's a five-year gap between... There's a, there's a five-year gap between their ages, right? Which means Thomas Wayne Jr., right? Was what I think the Joker's real name actually is. Uh, gets hit by the car and gets brain damage when he's like four or something. And at that point... Everybody's upset, you know. Thomas and Martha are both heartbroken over it, but they have to. They they wind up sending him away to like a a hospital, where he can get the right treatments that he needs, all this stuff, right? And it's so painful for them that they won't. They don't talk about it. And I mean, I don't know. It's one of those things that like it's murky enough that there's not really a good explanation, but like. I always think that it's like something that like Bruce wouldn't know. They wouldn't tell Bruce. And I think Alfred would come into the picture sometime between when Thomas Wayne Jr. is hit by the car and when Bruce is born. Mm -hmm. Because Alfred's been there since Bruce was a baby. But I think Alfred and Thomas knew each other beforehand and they reconnect and Thomas offers him the job at the house because Alfred's funny. You know, Thomas needs to be cheered up and it's like having like a, a friend, you know, yeah. and he's good for Martha, too, who's, you know, pregnant with Bruce, you know, and is going through a lot of emotions and stuff. But like, essentially, they don't bring it up to Alfred and they don't bring it up to Bruce when they die. What's the connection? Like Thomas Wayne Jr. is like more or less a ward of the state. Um, mentally deficient uh, in terms of like the brain damage and everything um, and then you follow the same route about like Gotham's money struggles and stuff and like if they cut funding like I go back to I think it was Reagan that let the inmates out because they didn't want to fund the programs for them anymore so it's like it makes sense that like this this dude would start wandering the streets as like a teenager 
because Bruce is like eight or ten by the time his parents are killed, which by the history that I just set up would make Thomas about fourteen or fifteen. Yeah. So he's already completely, you know, he's already out there. And then like whatever happens to him while he's a ward of the state, sometimes that isn't pretty. It's a lot of different things that could result in him becoming darker and darker. And like, I like that version of him because like the two of them are more connected than they realize, you know, Batman and the Joker are blood related. And um, I always love that idea. And I thought mm-hmm. it was cool that they kind of like toyed around with it. Yeah. But there's, um, I don't know, the m- modern comics, they, they've they've toyed around with it, but they've also toyed around with like another version of Thomas Wayne Jr. That's actually like, um, can't remember, uh, he might have been like Owl, Owl Man or something. Owls hunt bats, you know. So, like, it sort of was like, oh, okay, maybe that's what they're doing. But it still doesn't sit right with me. Like, when I read that comic, I'm always like, fuck you. You're not Thomas Wayne. <laughs> you know, I know it. I, I, like, Scott Snyder wrote those books. And he has, like, two things occurring at the same time, which is the Court of Owls. And that leads to Owlman. And then uh, also the Joker is heavily involved in a story in between those two halves. And I'm just like, I don't. They, like you're messing around with this like it almost feels like it could be a plot by the joker like the joker figured it out you know cracked the case of who he is mm-hmm. you know so i don't know well that's that's another thing i was gonna ask you because in this movie joker's what 30 yeah presumably? he's supposed to be like 30 and bruce wayne 13 maybe maybe yeah if that yeah i mean this movie is like a super the, the comics have this thing called elseworlds and elseworld stories are like what if Superman crashed in Russia instead of Kansas? Yeah. You know? Um, what if Batman... What if What if Bruce Wayne was an English nobleman and became Batman in the 1800s? You know? Which was pretty cool. I was called Gotham by Gaslight, and mm-hmm. he got to hunt the... Uh, he got to hunt Jack the Ripper, which is pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Um, but this movie, like, firmly falls into, for me anyways, it falls into, like, this is an Elseworld story. Yeah. But I also kind of, like, one of the things I was hoping was they were going to lean harder into the um, unreliable narrator stuff. I almost felt like, and they kind of did it. Um, if you guys haven't figured this out, this is a spoiler podcast. Um, <laughs> but the last scene of the movie... Where he's sitting there and he's like laughing across the table from this therapist and stuff. And, um, you know, she's like, what are you laughing about? And he's like, I was just thinking about a joke. And she was like, do you want to explain it to me? And he's like, you wouldn't get it. Yeah. It was like, that leaves like enough stuff where you're like, hmm, that's fucking weird. And it makes you question everything that you saw before. But I almost had an idea like that that's how I wanted the movie to end. But I, I as a Batman fan... I might have been a little bit more explicit about it where I would cut to, and I know this is like total fan service and like, <laughs> this is like a jerk off fest for me. Um, but He's actually jerking off right now. Yeah. You can't see it. And I can. Yeah. I'm making John watch me like eye contact. I, I let him look down to see it, <laughs> but I want, I want equal parts horror at the site and also intimate eye contact. That's what I want. 
It's called the Louis C.K. special. Um, Boom. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm so fucking sorry. I'm so disappointed in Louis. It's like a total. This is that's a whole a total tangent. But like, yeah. I just am so sad about that whole thing. That's a whole another podcast. Why can't that I don't want to guys be normal <laughs> and just not jerk off in people in front of people? Yeah, I don't know. That's anyway. so depressing. He was like my favorite comedian, and now I like I don't know how I feel about him. He's still funny, but it just bothers me. But um. Yeah, no, I had, like, again, this is a total, like, fan service fantasy thing, but um, for me, I almost wanted, like, them to cut to Arthur, in air quotes, like, sitting at the table, and, you know, you can have him smoking, whatever, like, they do, or even, like, have him laughing, or whatever, but then, like, when they turn the camera around, it's, like, Harween Quinzel. It's, you know, the woman who will become Harley Quinn. And she's just, like, that's a really sad story. And uh, he's, like, yeah, I, I guess it is. And she's, like, there's just a couple things that don't really feel right about that. And he's, like, like, what? And she's, like, well... For starters, Bruce Wayne is in his 30s. Like, he's basically the same age as you. And you said you knew him as a kid, you know? And, like, you start to realize that, like, this entire thing that you've watched with, like, total sincerity, it's like, no, 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 it's bullshit. And actually, there's plenty of room for Joaquin Phoenix to be fighting batman you know because mm-hmm. I, I i understand like this is this does feel like it's firmly an elseworld story and like if the bruce wayne that's presented in the story is legitimately bruce wayne you know that this dude is gonna meet him like the Joker's gonna be in his like late 50s maybe what? early yeah. 60s when they first face off that's the same problem i have with gotham the television show Gotham's like the, I've never watched it. It's not good, yeah. in my opinion. I remember you telling me that. So I'm like, if Ron doesn't like a Batman story, then it's probably not good. So I'm not going to waste my time. <laughs> no, I mean there are moments, there are moments, and there are certain characters that they understand better than others. Like I think the Penguin on that show. Um, which hey, if Todd Phillips wants to direct a fucking Penguin solo movie, I'm like I'm all in. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that. Or if he wants to do a sequel to this movie, I'm also all in. But I want a different type of sequel, which is let's let's make a sequel, have everybody like, oh, man, I can't wait to see the continuation of the movie we just saw. And then just have it be a completely different explanation of how the Joker becomes the Joker. You could have a film series where every movie is like, yeah, no, no, no. This is how he became the Joker. Yeah, wink, wink. yeah, that'd It'd be, be like a really cool way to fun. do this, where we can get more Joaquin Phoenix Joker, but we can do it a different way every fucking time. Yeah, I, I'm into it. I, I would love that. Um, again, multiple choice passed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, like Gotham, like Gotham, like it starts out with Bruce's parents getting killed. So he's like a little kid. Yeah. And they start introducing villains, and like, there's a couple that it's like, okay, yeah, but fine. They introduce the penguin. The penguin's in his twenties. If that 
that tracks for me because now you jump ahead to Bruce's is 25 to 30. That makes the penguin in his 50s. And the penguin's always been older. So that like totally works. But then you start bringing in a character like the Joker. And I know like a lot of, there are some people that have the Jack Nicholson version kind of ingrained in their memory. So they're like, no, it's totally fine that the Joker's older than Batman. But even then it was only by like 10, 15 years. Hmm. Um, I think like when you're talking a fucking 30 year age gap between the two of them, it's like, that's really fucking weird. That's really strange to me. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is part of the reason why I'm kind of keen to go, okay, yeah, sure. That's how the Joker was created. And then I just shelve that knowledge. Like I just, I don't believe this movie for a fucking second. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a great story, but as far as it being like, I, I, it's an, it, 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 there's definitive stories uh there's like the definitive origin story of bane you know yeah this is the indefinitive version of the joker's origin you know it's like i don't any any origin for the joker i just throw out immediately you know i just do it it doesn't matter what you tell me it just doesn't matter you know Mm -hmm. i'm always gonna be like nope even like in the Tim Burton movie, they gave him like a whole fucking backstory about him being like a gang leader or not even a gang leader. He was like a capo, like he's a soldier in Boss Grissom's uh, organization. And then like he fucking they go to pull a job at Axis Chemicals. He meets Batman. He falls into the vat of acid and he comes out bleached, you know, and that's it but like all that stuff that they did with his backstory like now his name is fucking jack napier like we know his fucking name i don't want to know his name Mm -hmm. it's the same like the same thing like as a a, you know as like a tinder hookup like i I, (laughs) I, I, it's bad enough i saw your first name i don't want to know anything else about you you know um (laughs) but yeah no i i just like the Joker for me is, um, it just, I, I don't, I don't want to know. Mm. I just don't want to know. It, it even pisses me off. Like I love Batman, the animated series, but the entire fucking show, every two seconds, they keep talking about how his fucking name is Jack Napier every fucking time. Just say unknown. Just say you can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it. You know, which kind of blows a hole in the whole, like I want, joker and batman to be brothers thing because if he ever collected any blood samples he'd be like holy fucking shit like that matches mine remarkably well and it's like you know batman searched everywhere trying to track down who this guy was and that's like the mystique of the joker is the fact that like the world's greatest detective cannot figure out who the fuck this guy is yeah nobody knows where he came from Mm -hmm. you know that's like that that's alluring to me you know is why I get chills when they talk about him in the Dark Knight and Gordon's given the mayor the rundown and he's like, uh, he's like, no name, no fingerprints, clothing is custom, nothing in his pockets but knives and lint. You know, it's like, that's the fucking Joker. Like, yeah. I, like, I don't know where he came from. I don't know who he is. He's just fucking dangerous. Yeah. You got to watch out, you know. I, I always find origin stories interesting, and it's it's always been they they focus more on it about the heroes 
You know, it's like the villains, I, I've played around with the idea of like, oh, I wonder how they got to be how they were. And like, they kind of do go into it with some, like you said, there are some definitive orange sto- uh, origin stories here. But with the Joker, um, you know, I've always just kind of accepted that he doesn't have a definitive past. You know, that he's just this mysterious character, this manipulative, just charming, just fucking overall twisted person. Right. And I guess like, there was nothing I could think of that would lead to him being who he is no so i never really thought too much about it no so like we got this here and like you said it's a it's a great story but you know i'm starting to agree with you that's just all it is you know it's not, yeah not anything definitive that i'm well, gonna lock down well like again because i think like for me i'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you my opinion okay i think joaquin phoenix played arthur fleck like a fiddle yes. he fucking nailed it uh that is not the joker I think Heath Ledger's Joker is still the Joker. He's the closest that I've seen to what I have read in the comics. He's the best amalgamation of everything that had been described about him, you know? Um, And, like, the way I view this movie is the way I view his stories in The Dark Knight. You want to know how I got these scars? And then he, like, just describes to you something that applies to the situation, you know? It's really telling to me that, like... He's talking to uh, an African-American woman is his therapist at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. The movie starts with him sitting down to talk to his African-American therapist. And then there's an African-American neighbor that he's pursuing, you know. It's like his starting off point for telling the story was that he was put in the room with an African-American therapist a female African-American therapist. But then it's like, you go back through the movie and like how many black women are in this movie like over and over and over again? It's because he's making it up. So he's like, it's like the, you ever see the usual suspects? I don't think so. Maybe a long time ago, not enough to really remember anything from it. I don't want to spoil it for you, but um, it's the same thing where it's like, all right, let's craft, let me tell you a story. And then you start looking around the environment it's like the only thing in the environment with him and his therapist at the end of the movie is her. Mm-hmm. So it's like she keeps popping up yeah. throughout this entire bullshit story. Well, the woman in the beginning and the woman at the end were the same person, right? I thought that, yeah, but I wasn't positive. Yeah, because I uh, wasn't. That's positive. what I thought too. I mean, this is obviously like a little bit down the line. It was too. <laughs> it was too far removed. Like, I would have to see them side by side. Mm-hmm. After two hours, I, I was like, is that her? Yeah. I couldn't tell. Well, it The like, hair was different. Yeah, the hair was definitely different. But it seemed like it, it took place, like, further down the line from the events that took place, you know, that we watched. Right. So it seemed like, you know, she looked older. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure it was the same person. I almost, like, because, like, <laughs> yeah, people are going to be so fucking mad at me. I love it. Oh, God. Uh, I almost felt like. I was talking about, you know, you show him at the end of the movie and like, you know, you find out like, oh my God, like everything we just saw is probably a bunch of bullshit, Mm -hmm. which I know like a lot of people get like pissed off about when things are like dreams or something like that's a fucking cheat, but it's different with the Joker because it's like, you know, he's dancing around what probably is the truth. So, you know, that parts of that probably are true. Um, But I always like, I even had like a version of this where I was like, you know, Jared Leto's Joker got fucked left, right, and sideways uh, when they made Suicide Squad. Jared Leto, look, he's 
being directed by a director who's getting a bunch of notes from the studio who's trying to start set up this big massive universe and like you know you have a costume designer that like is almost as bad as the person that did like batman and robin or like even like the schumacher batman movies where it's like all right we can tone it down a little bit let's like pull that back um so like jared meadow's trying to act through it's almost like he's buried in quicksand or something and he's trying to act through all that shit it's hard it's hard to do and i feel like jared leto is going to get left on the table and no one's going to bring him up again like we're never going to see jared leto's joker again i don't think so either i almost feel like um i almost feel like (laughs) that last scene because jared leto is a good actor it's just he was in a bad movie. There's almost a part of me that's like that last scene would have been weird if like it just cut to like Jared Leto's Joker. You realize that like oh man, like he just had been bullshitting everything about that yeah. story, you know? Like, and it would have it would have like given him a second chance because you know Joaquin Phoenix is only down for one movie. He's not coming back. Yeah, I was gonna ask like what the possibility of uh, a sequel was or. An- other movies that were took place in the same universe as this one i i highly doubt it i mean if if they do a sequel i honestly think they'll go the route that i said where it's like let's let's do it again only this time joaquin phoenix plays a banker and you know the banker is in a failing marriage you know what i mean like you'd almost go a different direction entirely um and that would be like compelling as fuck i would love that because I, that's, like, my favorite thing about the Joker is, like, what are the things that are common themes that just keep coming up over and over again? Those are probably the truth. Mm-hmm. But you're seeing them in such a distorted way in so many different variations that you can't quite get there, you know? Um, yeah, I don't think we're going to see Joaquin Phoenix's Joker again. I, I, I highly doubt it. And I also think, like... I've heard people grasping at straws because they want everything to be connected, and I get it. I understand because Marvel, Marvel's done that really well. Yes. Um, the DC movies, they because they're playing catch up to the tune of. I mean, because Man of Steel was supposed to be the first movie in a Superman trilogy, not the first movie in a shared universe. They hadn't settled on that until like the fuck was it maybe maybe it was summer 2014 maybe it was summer 2015 even where they finally were like yeah like it's gonna be a shared universe so at that point marvel's been doing it for seven years doing two to three sometimes four movies a year dc had a lot of ground to catch up on and they just fucking threw everything at the screen and it was like whoops Yep. You know, <laughs> we blew our load, you know, like we can't do the Dark Knight Returns, the death and return of Superman, Doomsday. We can't do all of that shit in one fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Like, you just can't. Part of the reason that Dark Knight Returns is such a great comic is because, like, it's built on the fact that these characters have known each other for a super long time. So when Batman and Superman come to blows, it's like, yeah, fucking finally, let's do this. <laughs> because there's always been, like, Bruce doesn't like Clark. Bruce doesn't like Clark. It's always been there. And uh, at least in the best stories, I think it's been there. There's also like the Super Friends version of things where everything's just hunky-dory and stuff. But like Bruce has 
again, kind of like sliding into tangent territory, but like the thing with Bruce and Clark is that Bruce doesn't have the opportunity that Clark has. I'm, I'm like, I, I'm sorry that I'm bringing this up right now because <laughs> my, I want to write Batman someday. Somebody's going to hear this and they're going to be like, I'm stealing this idea. And then they're going to put it in their book and I'm going to be like, I fucking said that. I'll have proof though. I'll have yeah. proof that I brought it up. But no, the thing with like Bruce and Clark is that I think Bruce Bruce is a pessimist, but it's he's a pessimist because like that's the world that he lives in. Superman's an optimist because Superman has the power to make things right. Batman doesn't do that. He can't like Superman can hear some guy like slapping his wife around and like go down and stop that shit. Batman doesn't get there until after he's killed her. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then it's like all he has left is the pursuit and exacting of some type of revenge or avenging, you know, of that person's death. And that torments Bruce, you know, that pisses him off. So I think he's always had like kind of bitterness and resentment growing towards Superman. So the fact that like it eventually leads to a point where they get into like a street brawl over it, it's uh and that's not the only factor in the Dark Knight Returns, but it's something that's always in the back of my head. Like I think that there's like a, an emotional reason that Bruce kind of doesn't like superman like there's a there's an emotional reason why he he's not into it you know um where was i the fuck was i talking about it's going off about superman and why <laughs> batman doesn't like him yeah why bruce doesn't like clock i don't know where that started fuck i don't know man i was just listening i was like i'm just letting you do your thing here like i, I love hearing well, well you went off about like um talking about how you want to write batman oh and yeah, yeah. And i so don't i always love hearing these things because it's yeah. always i feel like it's always so much better than what they put out there yeah oh well that's what it was that's what it was it was talking about batman v superman and how like when they made those decisions they they were trying to take like the magic of the comics and just apply it immediately it's almost like like marvel did civil war but they did civil war well after those characters had interacted with each other yeah. already it's not as potent though it seems way less interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Batman and Superman fighting is infinitely more interesting than Iron Man and Captain America fighting. Yeah, you know, I can see that. Um, but yeah, I just um, like I I think Jared Leto's Joker kind of got fucked over by the situation because mm-hmm. I think Jared Leto's a good actor. You know, I think he's fucking weird as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like. <laughs> But I think he's a good actor. Mm-hmm. And did you get to see, uh, because I, I was expecting it and it didn't happen, but did you see the Birds of Prey trailer in front of Joker? No. It's weird. Because they released it this week and I thought for sure they were putting it on Joker. But mm-hmm. that's one that like they're, like the imagery is still Jared Leto's Joker in Birds of Prey. But he's not in it. It's, it's weird. There's like a poster of a drawing of what he looks like. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if you look at that drawing and you see that like, the damage tattoo isn't there, you know, and the the grill isn't there. Mm-hmm. It's like you can do it like that, and then the next time you see the Joker in a movie, he doesn't have the grill or the tattoos. 
And it's like, oh, yeah, but you see, they took it away in Birds of Prey. So it's like they slowly brought him back more in line. Because it seems like the DC universe is continuing on sans Batman. Like, I, I think the Batman stuff is being kind of left. It's fucking weird over there right now. There's yeah. some weird shit happening. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I even feel that way about Affleck's Batman. I don't really understand why. Well, he's done, right? Robert he's Pattinson's done. kind of taking the reins now with Batman. But it, it almost feels like a completely separate entity. It does, yeah. You know? And that's something, like, I, I think that's kind of where this whole fucking thing started. Was I was saying that they were grasping, like, I've heard people grasping at straws, saying that because this Joker is set in the 80s, right? And early on, Matt Reeves had said that his Batman movie was set in the 90s that it tracks relatively that Robert Pattinson's Batman could have been that kid, you know, yeah. in this movie. So I've heard a lot of people saying like, well, maybe, maybe what if, what if this is, uh, what if this is the, uh, our first look at Robert Pattinson's Joker and they're going to bring him into the Robert Pattinson movie. And I'm just like, it's not going to happen. It's yeah. totally separate. I think they're leaving the door open. Like, there's a lot of things that were fucking weird in this one. There was no DC logo on the front of it at all. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. It was very strange. I was hoping that they were going to do a variation of the DC logo from the time period, like they did with the Warner's logo. Mm-hmm. I thought that would have been fucking cool. I've never seen that animated in front of a movie. Yeah. It would have been neat to see. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Do you have anything like as far as um, cast and stuff? What do you think of everybody? I mean, I think everything everything flowed pretty well. You yeah. know, there wasn't there wasn't anyone else that like stood out. I feel like a lot of the attention was on Joaquin Phoenix the whole time. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you had um, who was it playing? Uh, what's his name? Franklin Murray, Murray Franklin. Yeah, Murray, two first Murray names. Franklin. Yeah. yeah, De Niro. De Niro. Yeah, there's a good like throwback. Is I know Todd Phillips was very much inspired by like Taxi Driver and The King of Comedy, which are like two De Niro Scorsese pieces yeah. about people that were bucking out of their minds. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like a really cool thing. I like seeing Mark Maron in there um, as like the producer on the Murray Franklin show. Oh yeah. Um, and then, I don't know, I need to find this out, but the guy that was on stage at Pogo's before him, yeah, he's a comedian. He's like a, an actual comedian. I've heard this fucking guy's stuff before. And I, I think I've heard that joke before. Which is, I thought that that fucking thing was hilarious. That's such a great joke. Do you want to find out who he is? Yeah, if you want to. Um, but yeah, no, like that joke about the way that men and women view sex and uh, like... Women are like, is this say that that like they they view it the same way that they view like uh, driving or parking their cars, and like women are like, is this safe? Can it kill me? You know, all of these different things, and guys are just like, hmm, there's a spot. Oh look, there's another one. You know, <laughs> this will work. That whole thing. I I was laughing in the theater, and then it made the fact that. Arthur gets up on stage and just fucking bombs so hard. It just made it more tragic and like off-putting 
and sad. Well, that was another moment where they kind of led you to believe that he was successful up there, and then you see the run back film. That they it just doesn't match up, and it just was a train wreck. Yeah, yeah. I thought Zazie Beats did a really good job too, because you knew that she was um, completely. Uh, I don't know, like she felt like a dream girl, and she was, you know, she portrayed that really well. Mm-hmm. Did you uh, were you able to find the guy? No, I. It'd, it'd take me a while to kind of find out who it is. I'd have to go through like IMDb. I've been listening to like serious radio and stuff, and they have like a couple of comedy channels, and I, I fucking swear to God, I've heard that guy before. I almost feel like I would have liked to see Jesselnick. um the the woman that plays his mom she was uh the maid in american horror story right first yeah she was she has not aged well she was so sexy (laughs) oh she was the old one got it okay all right sorry (laughs) fucking confused um let me see if i can find him yeah i thought the cast was really good everybody seemed like they were they were in it. And I'm actually really glad that they got um that what is his name? Brett Brett Cullen to play Thomas Wayne because I know originally it was Alec Baldwin. And I just feel like that would have been fucking distracting as shit. Yeah. You know? Um Was it Gary Goldman? What is it? Gary Goldman? Comedian? No, Sam Sam Merle. Whoop. That's him. Oh, okay. He has such Open a fucking comic. distinct voice. Yeah, he's hilarious, man. I've listened to him a couple of times. I'm pretty sure I've heard that bit before. Okay. Which is just fucking great because it's like, wait a minute. Like, it adds more questionability to, uh, to, <laughs> to like, the Joker's story in this because it's like Sam Morrill was fucking five in the 80s. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the entire decade, he never aged. He was just five years old the whole time. Um. So yeah, like it's fucking interesting shit that they did with that. But I thought the cast was all great, um, and I liked. I wrote down a couple of things that I had noticed and that I wanted to talk about. But did you notice the pharmacy that he got his uh, prescription filled at in the beginning of the movie? No, I didn't. It's pretty good. It's a great joke because Bar- keep in mind Do- Todd Phillips directed The Hangover, Bradley Cooper is a producer on this movie so the pharmacy that he goes to to get his prescription filled is helms helms pharmacy so ed helms oh okay paging dr faggot (laughs) like as soon as i almost started dying laughing right there like i saw helms pharmacy and i was just like that's such a fucking cute thing for them to do like just a little (laughs) shout out to Stu. you know it made me smile and then i also like when i realized that i also started thinking about um I'm amazed that I haven't heard Zach Galifianakis weigh in on this movie yet because I feel like there's like comedy gold there. Um, they, uh, he played the Joker in the Lego Batman movie. Did he? Yeah, Galifianakis played the Joker in the Lego Batman movie and I'm surprised that he hasn't been out there like, oh, well, apparently 
you use me in like three of your biggest movies and then I don't get a fucking call when you're making Joker. Like <laughs> I've, I have experience. I have more experience playing this character than Joaquin Phoenix. You know, who gives a shit about him? Why wasn't I Joker? You know, <laughs> I feel like there's a good bit there. But didn't happen. I don't know, man. Did you have more Easter eggs? Those were the like the Ed Helms one was the only run that I really that really stood out to me. Yeah, the run the only one that really because a lot of them wouldn't be related to um a lot of them wouldn't be related to the comics necessarily because they're not really interested in doing yeah comic stuff. You know, they're using the the iconography of the Joker to tell a different story. Um, so. If there were Easter eggs that I noticed, they were more about their influences, like Zazie Beats bringing her hand up and like finger gun in her head, and yeah. then him doing it to her in the hallway, and then later in her apartment. Like that's very that's like the last that's the night that Travis Bickle goes into the like seedy brothel and shit to rescue Jodie Foster and Taxi Driver. Like he gets all shot to shit. He kills everybody in the fucking place. And then, like, he's sitting down on the couch, and the cops come in. And when the cops come in, they see him covered in blood and, like, pale face with the fucking mohawk and the army coat. And, like, he brings his hand up, and it's, like, dripping blood. And he, like, does the finger gun to the side of his head. So it's like, oh, like, that seems like it's sort of a reference to Taxi Driver, you know? And then, you know, obviously you have De Niro kind of playing the opposite role. Because in the King of Comedy, he was Arthur. You know what I mean? Arthur's pretty much, uh, I think his name was Rupert in the King of Comedy. Mm -hmm. And kind of had the same goals in mind. He wanted to get on a famous talk show host's late night show so that he could do his stand-up and stuff. And um, he basically, like, takes everybody hostage in order to, you know, achieve his goals. (laughs) Um, So, like, that was... That was some interesting stuff, but yeah, I don't know. Not a lot of like comic book stuff. I was yeah. hoping that I would be able to like dig through that, but yeah. less so. I mean, I'm okay with it. I wouldn't have caught any of it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but it is cool to read about afterwards. Yeah. Hear about. No, there's a lot. It was a definitely an interesting. Um, it was an interesting movie. I'm kind of mm-hmm. surprised it was made. Yeah. Surprised that the studio took the chance that it did on it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of hope that like starts maybe like another another push in comic book film you know Mm -hmm. because i think like logan's kind of of the same ilk where they were like let's just pare everything back and get to like the heart of who this person is you know yeah not who the character is who this person is you know and i think like the batman villains i there's a couple that could sustain their own solo movies i think like bane and I brought up the penguin. Yeah. Like they're those are interesting people, you know. I'd love to see you know explanations of them. And they can be a lot more concrete than this yeah. one. So this one's the, it's that thing. You don't want you gotta you always have to kind of pull the Joker's origin back a little bit. Um Yeah, I don't know. I heard I'm trying to like think of if, if there's anything else that I really want to bring up. I don't know. No, I'm I'm good. I feel pretty good. 
it's weird. I just feel like I expected to have more to talk about on this one. We've been going on for a few hours now, roughly. Yeah. Getting there. Yeah. I expected to like, like this one, I, I had the same feeling I had about the Bob Lazar one mm-hmm. or the Area 51 podcast. I thought like, this is just like, we could talk for ages, but yeah. I don't know. I think like part of it is that it's just so sobering and melancholy that it's like, it's tough to, uh, tough to show up for the party. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's a depressing movie. Yeah. But it's, um, I think it's important too. And I think it's kind of like a nice, it was always stated. It's a cautionary tale about marginalized people in our society. It's like, yeah, you pulled it off. Yeah. You did what you set out to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. I liked it though. I liked it. I, no, I think I I'd too. give it like a, maybe a strong eight out of 10. Something like that. Mm-hmm. I definitely think, you know, I read a lot of reviews with people saying that it's it's like Heath Ledger has competition and stuff. And I'm like, uh, I don't think so. Oranges. It's totally different. It's totally yeah. different. Because Heath Ledger was playing the Joker. And again, Joaquin Phoenix is playing Arthur, Arthur Fleck. Fleck yes. It's a different It's a different enterprise yeah. entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I, I don't. It really does feel like a totally different undertaking. And I think that uh, Heath Ledger's place is secure in my heart anyways. I, I would definitely put Joaquin Phoenix up there, you know. But I think I put him on the same tier as... Um, I think what he does is more technically interesting... Yeah. Um, than what Jack Nicholson did. But I think as far as like playing an accurate version of the Joker, I think I'd put them in the same category for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, hotly anticipated clown movie number two <laughs> of the year. It's fascinating. Can we hit three it. before the end of the year? <sighs> I I wonder. We should... We should we should do the Dark Knight at some point, yeah. Because that's one that like is still, still kicking after all these years. It's fucking weird that that movie is old. Yeah, it was ten years this year. It's fucking crazy. Holy shit! That's right. Ledger, we graduated. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ledger would be. What would Ledger be right now? He'd be thirty nine. Now he was twenty nine when they filmed it. It's fucking crazy. He was our age when they filmed that movie. Wow. I feel fucking sad about my life. I <laughs> <laughs> feel like I should have done more by now. Hey, man. There's still time. There's still time. It's always still time. It's always still time. And look, we have W.T. Fata. Yeah. We started W.T. Fata, man. That's an accomplishment. <laughs> it is, though. I'm, I'm fucking, I fucking love this. At the very least, I'm having fun. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I love this. And uh, it's fun to have, like, these in-depth conversations about, you know, these different topics that interest us and stuff. And, like, I don't know. It's fun to uh, get to communicate in this way, you know. 
even when the subject matter is fucking haunting like this <laughs> this movie like the tall tone of this episode is like man jesus just fucking dark yeah i need to nap and like wake up refreshed like a whole new day because like it's cloudless and sunny out right now but it definitely doesn't feel like it <laughs> no it, it just like that movie fucking it's a killer it's a killer just like it zaps you it's draining yeah but it's it's Worth good it. it's beautiful it's good. it is and it, it you is. know it's the same way that i feel about seven like you don't want to watch seven on a good day <laughs> just don't do it you know all right man i think it's time to wrap this up hey yeah we can go off and people are like just fucking wrap it up now man we'll just recover yeah just recover next week we come back with uh we're gonna do el camino el 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 camino camino and uh that might also be fucking depressing depending on what no, happens to we him. want jesse to succeed and be happy you think he will i hope so i don't know what he's even up to did you see the full trailer no yeah i don't want to watch anything i want to go into it not knowing where this is going the full trailer i'm like hmm very uh ponderous but anyways Bye. thank you guys for watching ha, listening to <laughs> <laughs> listening to another episode of what the fuck are we talking about wt to the fada oh yeah thank you guys we love you